Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Hello, uh, Facebook Live. It's seven o'clock. It's Tuesday night. I'm here. Uh, I'm available, open for business, and I have got a treat tonight because I've got some photos to show. So if you've got any photos you sh you want to show, you can actually show them here. Uh, something which I'm going to demonstrate in a minute when I get to the question. I will show you the how this works very exciting i've also um got the title up and everything um i've also got a podcast on itunes styano clinic i believe it is called which has got the uh, audio of the facebook lives on it we also put them on to the youtube channel and uh, as well as other youtube videos so it'd be um nice if you could go over there and become one of our subscribers i've lost count of how many subscribers we got 235 i think it was last time i looked so goodness knows it's probably about 237 or eight by now um so you want to be number 239 or one more where we are then get over there and get subscribing so we have oh hold on a minute we've got laura's got straight in with a question how soon can you fly after an uplift hold on a minute is that flying oh we've got a flying after surgery question already that we got right laura i'm gonna i'm gonna answer that question and i'm gonna go in and uh there's a question here um also about flying so what have you said can i ask, can I ask how soon you can fly after uplift and this question says i'm having a 360 body lift in august but i have a big family holiday booked end of september will be okay flying and any precautions I may, may need to take. So both similar questions, uh, different operations. So uh, broadly speaking, the flying after surgery question is related, I always think, to um, what you're flying for. So if you have surgery and something happens and you have to fly, you can fly straight away. There's nothing stopping you from flying straight away. Um, people have injuries overseas and you know and have an operation overseas and then get, get flown back to the uk or vice versa so um it's not it's okay to fly after surgery but it's not particularly recommended for two reasons the first reason is dvt which is clots in your legs that can fly off into your lungs <clears throat> DVT is caused by periods of immobility. So surgery is a period of immobility. Depends on how long the surgery is. Uh, Laura is saying about an uplift. Oh, Olivia is asking about a tummy tuck and arm lift, how long to fly, um, which is a sort of different realm. A tummy tuck and an arm lift versus an, an uplift. An uplift is an operation that takes about two and a half, three hours not a short operation, but still uh, a tummy tuck and an arm lift is quite a big operation, Olivia, if you're having that together, but not as big as this one, which is the question, which is having a 360 degree body lift. So um, depends on how long your surgery is. The longer your surgery, the increasing your risk of uh, DVT 
uh, which are clots in your legs that fly up into your lungs. So we have um, the things we do during surgery to try and keep the blood circulating. But the best thing you can do is to move and to walk. And obviously, when you're on a flight, you're not walking. You know, they call it economy class syndrome because you're sort of cramped in a in a in a seat. So if you are flying, um, then you should try and keep your feet moving. You can wear the TED stockings that they'll give you in the hospital. So it's good to wear those. They're sort of compression stockings. You can buy them in 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 the shops actually to try and compress the the veins of your calf um, because you don't want static blood in those veins in your calf, which can clot. And then that's a DVT, <clears throat> deep vein thrombosis, which then flies off into your lungs. So you really need to be properly mobile, number one. And that would vary. After an uplift, you're going to be properly mobile day one. After a tummy tuck and an arm lift slash a 360 degree body lift, you are going to be mobile day one. But you're not going to be nearly as mobile as you are normally for a good couple of weeks. Um, so there's the mobility and DVT and safety side of things, number one. But the other problem that you've got to think about is um, what you're flying for. So if you have to fly, if something's you know urgent, then you can fly. They're not going to stop you at the airport and say, hold on a minute, you had surgery last week. You know, you can't have you can't get on the plane. But if you're flying for a nice thing, particularly if you're going on holiday or something, you're still going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be on earth. What's that? What's the iPad? You're still going to be uncomfortable. You're. Um, um and you're um you're not going to enjoy your holiday uh if you if you try and fly too soon so i would say that uh i would say about four to six weeks before you're doing anything too heavy and so probably four to six weeks before you're flying, it varies. It depends on how the wound's healed. If you're having a 360-degree body lift, you've got a very, very high chance of those wounds not healing up properly. So I'd probably be looking at a couple of months for that. If you're looking at an uplift, not too bad. If you're looking at, uh, what was Olivia having, an up, no, a tummy tuck and arm lift, then that is quite a lot of operation. So you don't really want to be going on holiday or going abroad if you've got wounds that haven't healed because if you get a bit of redness, get a bit of infection. Sorry about that. Um, sound a bit of infection or um, something like that. You'll give us a ring, or not. You're having surgery with other places. You'll give the your surgeon a ring, and they'll say, "I'll oh, come and we'll have a look at it." And you'll say, "I'm in, um, you know, Greece or wherever you are." Um, and then it just gets more difficult to get antibiotics and get treated and get it looked at if you're abroad. So I would say six weeks is a good sort of time to start thinking about it. But you'll still be a bit sore. I think for an uplift, six weeks is reasonable. Tummy tuck and an arm lift, you'll start feeling okay at six weeks. A 360-degree body lift, that's quite a big deal. So um, I think you're probably looking at at least a couple of months for that. Um, so what she said, I've got a 360-degree in August, but I have a big family holiday book, end of September, usually like August. That's a couple of months. Will I be okay flying? To be honest with you, I think the 360-degree body lift having it in august and having the end it depends on when in august obviously and when the end of september your thing is but that is really pushing it and i think it was a big family holiday if it was up to me i would say to you have the 360 degree body lift after the holiday a lot of people come and say oh, i'm gone i'm going on holiday you know in a couple of weeks or a month or something and i'm like well to be honest with you i'd probably say to you you're better off um you're better off having the surgery after your holiday i know you'll say oh, i want to have the surgery for my holiday but it might potentially ruin your holiday so um give yourself time space don't try and push it 
I would um, I would give yourself more more time than that. Uh, six weeks is when I'd start thinking about it. And even then, you're still going to be a bit sore. Your scar's going to be red. You're not going to want to get them in the sun, things like that. So you have to factor that in. If it's an uplift, then you obviously can hide that in a bikini. If it's a tummy tuck, you can have a scar around your belly button. So you have to think about that. You probably have to wear swimsuits rather than bikinis. Uh, arm lift is going to be tricky to hide in the sun. Um, it usually is in the sort of neutral portion of your arm. But if you hold your arm up, you don't really want to get a tan on the scars while you're uh, while they're still red. To be honest with you, they're red for the first three to six months after surgery. So, um, yeah, food for thought. But yeah, minimum six weeks for a for eight weeks really for your up for your three sixty degree lift, and then uh, and then you're still going to be a little bit uncomfortable. <clears throat> What's kick is kicking off in the chat? I've done that one. Hi JJ. Hi Yan. Hi Khan. Staunch supporter. Good, good on you both. Nice to see you both. Olivia says hi. Oh yeah, Olivia. Uh, is it Tommy Tuck and Armit? I will be. Yes, I'm having in Turkey, so not too long a flight. Hospital two days, then ten days relaxing after a special assistance at airport with bags too. All oh, right, okay, so you're having surgery in Turkey and then coming over back. Yeah, I mean, that is one of the risks of having surgery abroad, the DVT thing. Uh, 10 days is, you know, quite not that long. Oh, two days into it, so 12 days. Um, and just you just got to hope your wounds heal because you're having a tummy tuck and an arm lift. Arm lift, the wounds up in the armpits sometimes don't heal as well as we'd like. And it's just a bit awkward if you're sort of a couple of weeks post-op and you've still got wound problems, um, then it can be an issue. Helen says, hi, Jake. God, it's all going off here. Helen, yes, I have had surgery in Turkey. Right, is this UK surgery? So I think Laura, uh, sorry, Olivia is talking about having surgery in Turkey. Um, Laura, I'm having my surgery. An uplift in Turkey is six days after too soon. Um, well, Laura, I, uh, it is a bit soon, isn't it? But I understand you don't want to be in... So you're talking about the other way. I'm talking about people going on holiday. You're talking about people having surgery and coming back. You know what, Laura? I'm not an expert in having surgery abroad and coming, coming, traveling. Um, I think six days is quite soon to be coming home because you'll probably just have your dressings removed, I'm guessing, and then go. Um, but you can have wound healing problems for the first couple of weeks. But I understand how you don't want to be in Turkey for a couple of weeks. But um, I guess it's a balance and it's one of the issues with having surgery abroad. It's difficult to have that aftercare. Um, it'd be nice if, they, if they've got someone here, maybe a nurse or something here in the UK you can look at if you have any healing issues. I don't know. But um, six days is quite soon, Laura. But I'm guessing if the people in Turkey do this sort of stuff a lot, they'll probably have more uh, experience of how long people stay. So they might be better placed. I'm not um, an expert in people having surgery and then traveling um, shortly afterwards. So maybe ask the guys in Turkey, see what they recommend. Um, so Olivia, I'm thinking surgery earlier September, then going to India mid-October. What? Sorry, what was Olivia? Olivia's having the tummy tuck and arm lift. I'm having surgery early September, then going to India mid-October. What are you going to India for? I think that's a bit... Is it? Is India a holiday or what? So that's a bit... Why don't you have a surgery next year, Olivia? Or in December or something? Really war what you having done, huh, hun? Yes. 
Debbie says, good evening. Hi, Debbie. Good evening. How much, hun? <laughs> I've lost control. It's official. I've lost control of the chat. I don't know if I ever had much control, but I think I've lost control. It's going off in the chat. It's kicking off. I've, I'm looking. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a passenger. What's the word? I'm a I lost control of the chat. God, what's going on? Right. Um, hi, I hope you're well. I do enjoy watching my favorite live podcast. Thanks, Julia. Oh dear. I don't know what's going on tonight, Julia. I don't know. It's not normally like this. I don't know what's going on. Olivia, back. I'm good on flights. <laughs> Always walk on planes. Good on you, Olivia. And also when you're sitting in the chair or the plane, you know, keep your legs moving up and down. I'd potentially stay longer if I thought it was Ness. Flights are cheap. Um, so, <laughs> Olivia, you're probably best talking to the turkey people about how long you should stay. Because um, I'm talking, you know, I'm talking six weeks. You're not going to stay in Turkey for six weeks, but it's hard to know how well you're going to heal as well especially with an arm, if you do get little problems with wound healing sometimes. Um, so it's hard. To, I'm assuming you have to obviously book the flights before you go. Um, it's a tricky one, Olivia. Yan, can you have lipo and upper abdomen with a lipo, with a local? <laughs> there we go. Um, can you have lipo and upper abdomen with a local? Yes, Yan. Um, lipo with a pure local is a little bit uncomfortable. I'm going to be honest with you, Yan. Um, and in a normal person, you probably wouldn't do it. By a normal person, I mean not someone who's like really medically unfit and can't, is not fit for a general anesthetic or something like that. Then you've got to ask question why are you doing lipo on them? Um, so I would think it's probably better off having like local and sedation, which is a bit different to local. Uh, sometimes we call it twilight sedation. So local and sedation is a bit more comfortable than just local. So you're sort of tired, you're drowsy, you sort of still know what's going on, but you're not, you know, it's not as... Uh, it's not, I think pure local would be a difficult one, but I think lo local and sedation is definitely possible for li uh, lipo to your upper abdomen. Yan, have you been there before? Uh, I think Helen's talking about Olivia going to Turkey there. I think trying to keep control of the chat. Control of the chat. Um, it's not the chat, is it? It's comments. It's not chat. It's comments. You're allowed to comment whatever you want. Olivia, I had gastric sleeve in India, hospital five days and two weeks resting before flying to UK. Well, there you go, Olivia, to see boyfriend. Oh, no. Well, there you go, Olivia, and you're OK after India. That's a that's a good, good old flight there. Sarah Wilson story. I'm one year post-op TT. I am going back to Prague for body tight lipo. I want to fly home a couple of days after. Will that be OK? You know what? Sa uh, Sa oh, sorry, Sally, I was going to call you Sarah then. Um, Sally. Um. Again, I'd check with the guys in Prague because they're probably used to people traveling there for surgery. Um, body tight lipo is not as invasive as some of these other operations we're talking about. So you're not going to have as much bigger wounds and things. You're going to have swelling, you're going to have bruising. Um, so you're going to Prague and you want to fly home a couple of days after. A couple of days after, I think it's pushing it a bit, Sally. I think it's pushing it a little bit a couple of days after. But, um, you know, maybe I'm being conservative. So better check with the guys in Prague, because as I say, I'm not an expert at people having procedures and then going back. I can't say to you, speak to this person who had body tight lipo, went back a couple of days and they were fine. You know, that's what you really want to hear that, you know, they do it all the time and they're fine. So if they're, if that's the case, then, yeah, that's fine. But um, it sounds like it's push, pushing it a bit there, Sally, for a couple of days. Helen, oh, OK, mine's in Pakistan, lol. Um, is that your boyfriend or your surgery? 
Okay, so it's a bit wobbly this, isn't it? Let's get something there. Is it then wonky now? Um, Debbie, can cellulitis be caused from post-op surgery four months after, or can anything cause it? Yeah, Debbie, anything can cause it. You can get cellulitis for other causes, like an insect bite or some kind of trauma, but uh, it's common after surgery, and it can be caused four months after. It depends where the cellulitis is. So the cellulitis, I'm assuming, well, if, if it's around the incision, if it's around the scar, um, it can be caused from post-op surgery. There might be, uh, what do we know what surgery it is? Certainly around tummy tucks and things, there's some uh, uh, lymphatic tissues that we cut through and that can predispose to cellulitis and infections. Uh, it's not common, I've got to say. Four months after surgery is not common. But if the cellulitis is located around the scar, it's probably due to surgery. If it's not located around the scar and it's elsewhere on your body, then it might be due to something else. As I say, you can get cellulitis for other reasons. Get cellulitis of your legs. If you have uh, insufficiency and in swelling and things, you can get superficial infections. Um, so there are other causes of cellulitis. Olivia, tell me to talk an arm lift. I know that, Olivia. It's big up, big up. Helen, I've just been to Prague for an eye lift. Well, there you go, Helen. Good on you. Um, oh, I have lost control. Three thousand. We're talking money now. We're talking. We're talking turkey. We are proper talking turkey. Let's talk turkey. <laughs> Olivia is talking turkey. Right, 3,000. And yes, I've been to Turkey in the past. 3,000 for a tummy tuck and an arm lift. Wow. Blimey. Um, do you know what body type lipo is? Do I know what body type lipo is? Yes, I think I do, um, Julia. It's some kind of assisted form of liposuction. And I think it's hard to keep track with all these things, Julia. Is body type one where they actually put the liposucker in and it's assisted with something like laser or, or ultrasound or something? It's an assisted form of liposuction, isn't it? It's, I mean, it's an invasive form of liposuction rather than a non-invasive one, i.e. they stick a cannula in and you have local presumably sedation. So I've got a, yeah, I don't know much about it, Julia, to be honest with you, but it's some kind of assisted liposuction. Um, so that should be good. Olivia, lymphatic drainage massage after tummy tuck is a good idea. Yeah, Olivia, yeah. Question mark, yeah, that sounds good. Oh, Emma, do you recommend lymphatic master? Am I doing these comments in the right order? Yeah. Do you recommend lymphatic massage after tummy tuck of how many and how often? I don't. Um, it's a bit like when people take sort of herbal remedies and stuff. I don't recommend it and I don't tell people to do it who I operate on. But if someone says to me, I want to have lymphatic massage, I'll say that's fine. Could you know that might help. Um, I'm not sure if there's sort of evidence to say that it helps sort of thing. But um, so I, you know. So I don't particularly recommend it or how often or I don't have a regime for it because I don't tell my patients to do it. But if someone says to me, do you think it's a good thing? I'm saying, well, give it a go and see what you think. Um, so hopefully that's Olivia's lost it. I've lost it, Olivia, as well. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to go back now. Um, it's not necessary then. Well, the problem with this stuff, Olivia, is that this sort of stuff, plastic surgery, cosmetic surgery, there's no sort of regimes. There's no what's right and wrong. And one person will tell you, oh, you've got to have lymphatic massage. It will help with the swelling. And they get, look at these great results I've got. And they've all had lymphatic massage. And another guy like me will say, well, I don't tell my people that mass lymphatic massage. I d it's not accepted that it's like essential. But the fact that you're mentioning it probably means that someone's told you that they're going to do it or offer it or something. So, you know, I don't think there's anything bad about it. And if they've offered it to you and they think it's good, then give it a go and see what you think. And if you think it's good, then great. But um, 
as I say, I don't think there's any evidence, I don't think there's any medical evidence to say that best practice is that people have lymphatic massage. If there was, we'd all do it, um, but we don't. So I'm not going to say it's not necessary. If they're, if someone's telling you that it's helpful in their experience, and in particular that's your surgeon, then you would probably go with what they say. So uh, Olivia, my boy, my friend's boy had lipo and was told he had to have it. Well, there you go. Yeah, well, it's good after lipo, good to get everything circulating and to stimulate the circulation, etc. Yeah, well, good on him. Um, oh, I've lost it. I've lost it, guys. I've lost it. My friends, right, I've done that one. Julia, I would like to know how to tighten up the skin on the bra line. I've had tummy tuck, breast lift, implants, etc. I've had two revisions. My late, latest one was the FDL, etc. I'm now thinking bra line. And my lady area would like to make smaller. Do I see a plastic surgeon or a gynecologist? Right. Lady area is a gynecologist, um, Julia. If you're saying the lady area makes smaller, does that mean tighter? If it's tighter, it's a gynecologist. If it's like your labia are too big, the sort of the sort of you know, you know, your labia, uh, then that could be a plastic surgeon or a gynecologist. But um yeah, so lady area is gynecologist if it's tighter or if it's the skin, too much skin, then it could be either. Um, the bra line, skin on the bra line, I don't know what you mean about the tightening up on the skin and the bra line. Um, one thing is people often say, look at this, I've got this overhanging my bra, this big, big, big skin overhanging my bra. Now, the problem is when you take your bra off, it doesn't show. <coughs> and it's there because the bra is sort of pushing the skin and you get the bulge above it. And... Um, so it is difficult when we go to theatre because obviously you haven't got a bra on in theatre. So we don't want to over suck it. We don't want to make you look like you've got a dent there and then you put a bra on and you look normal because you want to, you know, you don't want that. So people, I find in my experience, people often mention it and talk about it as if it's a big thing. And I'm like, it's not that big a thing. And I think everyone's got it a bit, that bra line bit thing, you know, the bulge of above the bra line. You could maybe try a bigger back size of the bra, maybe a bigger back size uh, and a smaller cup size that might you know that you maybe get fitted for a bra to make sure your bra is fitting properly if you were to do anything to that area then liposuction can help that um that area possibly i do not do it if unnecessary pound signs oh olivia are you talking about the massage the lymphatic massage oh are they charging for the massage are they okay right um oh that's a tricky one then i think i don't think it's a bad thing i'm not going to say it's unnecessary you better go with your surgeons, Olivia. I don't really want to um, say something different. Um, could I have 380 slash 400 cc smooth implants after having 275 polyurethane implants with uplift two years post-op? Yes. Yeah, you could have that, Helen. You could have 380 slash 400 smooth implants. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fine. Going bigger is always easier than going smaller because you're sort of filling the space. Yeah, sounds good. Well, uh, having said that, I shouldn't say that because I haven't measured your width of your chest and the dimensions of the implant and all those sorts of things. But, in you know, just from what I see there, that sounds OK, as long as those implants would fit your frame. Presumably you've been given that those numbers by a surgeon. Uh, Olivia says, no, not surgeon. Is that the lymphatic massage now? I think the lymphatic massage is now. <laughs> um, right. Well, you can give it a try, Olivia, but it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's essential. I wouldn't, you, I wouldn't say it's not necessary, but I would say it's not essential. Sally, this is good, isn't it? It's Sally, God, God, it's... my body type lipo is to flatten my scar as I have a bulge above the scar. 
surgeon has told me that it will flatten it, dreading to have to go through recovery again. Hmm. That's interesting, Sally. Hmm. Flatten the scar. I don't think the lipo will flatten the scar, but it might flatten the bulge above the scar. It's hard to flatten the scar. But yeah, if the bulge is the problem, it might get rid of the bulge. So that could be a could be a goer, that Sally. Could be a goer. I don't think, it, I, well, I hope it's not the word. Presumably you're under uh, what sort of anaesthetic you can have, Sally. I think it'll be all right. I think it'll be all right. Don't dread it. If you've had a, presumably you've had a tummy tuck or something since you've got a scar. So it's going to be a lot less than that, isn't it? Uh, Julia, I asked you to, I need a back lift, bum lift due to huge weight loss, but I feel it's a huge operation. Indeed it is, Julia, a huge operation. Um, you're absolutely right. That is a huge operation, a back lift. Bum lift. Anytime you go around the back, it's big deal because um, of positioning in theatre. You have to be prone, which means you have to be lying on your front, uh, or you have to do lateral, lateral, especially when you have to do back and front, and then you have to do a turn in theatres, and it makes the, the, the surgery a lot more complicated. And so that is a big deal, a back lift, bum lift. It's a big deal. No question. Olivia, what's the smallest, most natural breast implants? I would like just a small implant to restore what I've lost through weight loss, seven stone so far. To be honest with you, uh, and Julia says, well done, Olivia. Yeah, well done, Olivia. Seven stone, that's crazy amount of weight loss. Amazing, well done. Um, the thing about implants is that what you've got to think of is what is the problem with your breasts, Olivia? Is it the shape or is it the size? Because what you're saying there is it sounds like it's a shape issue. So it's not really size. You don't want that much bigger you just want to restore the shape especially with weight loss the skin sags and so if it's a shape issue you're probably better off having a lift and not having implants at all um to be honest with you particularly if you have had a lost a lot of weight your breasts are sagging you have put a small implant there it's not going to do anything if you want to have an implant to do something to the shape you have to have a big implant so for people who've got a problem with the shape who only want a small implant those two things don't get it don't go together if you're unhappy with the shape and you want a really big implant, you can try and take up some of the slack skin with an implant. But with a small implant, you can't do it. And you're better off avoiding an implant altogether and just having a lift by the sounds of it. And that is the most natural thing to do because you've got no implants, no hassle and all that problems we got with implants. And that is where I would be going on that one, Olivia, just from that comment, obviously, seeker proper opinion from a surgeon i mean i am a surgeon but you know proper opinion in, in real life since up in january <coughs> excuse me sorry what since up in january i have lost control i don't know what helen says you're always so helpful thank you helen i'm on the edge i'm on the edge of knowing what's going on in this chat tonight i don't know what's going on slash comments uh they are empty skin yeah well it sounds that like the fat has gone yeah well olivia is saying to me it's um a lift olivia that's what it's saying to me it's a lift you want elaine hi elaine nice to see you if i was to consider a face where would the incisions be well it's a bit like all sorts of things nowadays they're all trying to do short scar this and then you go to the short scar facelift but anyway traditional facelift is um in front of the ear in front of the ear goes down here often goes but this bit here of the ear you see this bit here see it that bit there some people get it pierced that bit of cartilage you either go in front of or behind you need to go behind that bit of 
bit of cartilage called the tragus. So you go behind the tragus, then you go around the lobe. Am I demonstrating it? Go around the lobe, up, back into the hairline. And you go up into the hairline in order to get your neck lifting to go up into the back of the hairline. So traditionally it goes in front of the ear, behind the tragus, round the earlobe, and then up back into the hairline to pull the skin. Um, some people talk about short scar facelifts where they only do the, the bit the, the bit on the sort of cheek where the sort of ear meets your head, and that can lift your cheek, but it doesn't really do anything to your neck. Like anything, less scarring, less lift. But that's sort of the traditional place where a facelift scar would be. And they're usually pretty well hidden. Otherwise, they wouldn't be so popular. Um, telltale signs are sort of around the earlobe. So, you know, you've got to watch around the earlobe and sometimes around the tragus. <coughs> right. Uh, Olivia. Olivia on fire tonight, if you don't mind me saying. With fat deposit question mark. Like the fat has gone. Well, yeah, Olivia, you would redistribute the, the tissue that you've got there. If you did, if so, Olivia's talking about having a lift. Well, I'm talking about giving Olivia a lift. Well, not necessarily me or she having a lift by someone. Um, so, Olivia, no, not with fat deposit. The question I'd ask you is, are you happy with the size when you're in a bra? So, if you said you wanted a really small implant, that means you're sort of relatively happy with the size when you're in a bra. So, it'd be just taking the skin away, tightening the skin, and rearranging the tissue that you've got to lift it and to make it a better shape. If you wanted to be a little bit bigger, you could have a small implant and a lift, but that does increase the risk of complications once you start into including an implant with a lift. And, you know, if you want a small implant, is it worth it? And I would be thinking, well, have a lift first, keep the same size you are, see what you think. If you're not happy, you could always have implants at a second stage. That's where I am. That's what I'm thinking just from this very, not very... Um, uh, in-depth sort of consultation I'm having with you here, but that's what I'm thinking from what you're saying. Oh, Julius had eight and a half. So who had seven stones? Someone had seven. Eight. Olivia had seven stones. Julius had eight and a half stone. People, let's give her a round of applause. Um, don't know how to do that, Julia. That's amazing. I've had eight and a half stone weight loss. I, I had udders for breasts. I had implants and lift, but still not totally happy as I still need to wear a bra. They ain't rounded and perky should have had the implants under the muscle. Is this true, JJ? Um, not really, not necessarily, um, Julia. I had implants and a lift, but still not to, as I still need to wear a bra. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how big your breasts were, Julia. If you've got a lot of breast tissue, your breast tissue can settle. Your breast tissue can settle. Implants don't settle. Implants, well, they do settle, but implants sort of stay like that. And, um, but the breasts can, you know, gravity can work on your breast tissue. So if you've got a lot of natural breast tissue, then that can settle. And putting the implants under the muscle, it helps to hide them, but it doesn't particularly do anything because the thing that sags is your breast rather than the implant. It does make the implant sit higher. But it's no good of having the implant sitting high if the breast is sitting low. You want the implant to sit with the breast. So I don't think putting it under the muscle would have solved that problem necessarily, Julia. It might just be that you've got a certain amount of breast tissue that then is worked on by gravity. Oh, that's coming to one of my questions, actually, Julia, with a reduction in implants. That's cool. That's, that's segueing in. But I'm going to lose control over this. So I've got to keep an eye here. Helen, I've had a nightmare with my lady surgeon at, and the priory are passing me over to another surgeon. You will be top of my list. Looking forward to it, Helen. Well, I hope to see you soon then. Oh, good. Um, Elaine, thank you. 
Olivia, yes, but like it to be a bit bigger like they were before. Well, that's where the implant comes in, Olivia. So you could have an implant, but a lift with implants is a big deal. And we say to people, look, a lot of people stage it and got to think about it and all that sort of stuff. But you could think of it. Elaine, yeah, I'm praying as well. And Olivia's going applause. Thank you. Do good things, ladies. Right, we're on top. I'm on top of the chat. Right. Chitty chat. Now, this goes back to, uh, well, probably not what you're talking about, um, Olivia. Uh, well, sort of what you're talking about. Hold on. There's my. There it is. Breast reduction and then implants. So this is a patient who's inquired who says they want to have their breasts smaller, but they want the them to be fuller. And this is a bit like what Olivia is saying. They want them to be fuller in uh, in the upper part and they want that sort of look, but they want them to be smaller. Now, what I normally say is implants make them bigger. A lift slash reduction we'll call a lift and reduction the same thing make the shape better so if you're doing stuff for the shape you need a lift if you're doing stuff for the size you need implants so in terms of if you want to make them bigger that's the bottom line of it so if you're saying i want to be smaller initially i'm thinking well don't do implants then because implants make them bigger but i can understand where this patient's coming from but because the implants give more fullness in the upper part of the breast and if you want to have sustained fullness in the upper part of the breast that is what implants do when you do a lift or a breast reduction then the, the breasts are lifted and then they settle to get what i would call a more natural look and this is something about you have to be uh, informed before you go down the route of surgery because if you you have to be prepared of what a breast looks like without implants and that is a natural breast. It does tend to settle with a concavity in the upper pole. Now in a bra, you can push them up and do whatever you want in a bra, but when you take your bra off, they will settle. And some people will put in implants, will reduce you smaller, and then put in implants in order to give you that shape. It's not really something I like to do. It's not really something I particularly think is a good thing to do. I don't think it's good to take out healthy, natural breast and then replace it with implant, because implants have got potential for complications and all sorts of things. And so you don't really want to have implants unless you really need them. And I think implants are really good if you want to be bigger. <coughs> Excuse me. But they're not so good. Um, and, and I would query using them just for shape, personally. That's personal opinion. I know um, I went to a meeting a couple of years ago. There's a guy from um, uh, South America who presented this technique. And he obviously thinks he's good and very well respected surgeon. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's something that I feel a little bit uncomfortable with personally because I don't like the thought of doing a reduction and then putting implants in. Um, what, what's going on here? Chantel's not to scaremonger. What's this? Not to scaremonger. Also, a big comment. But I've seen some really bad press on implants about them causing health risk. Is any of it true? I had a lot of breast cancer in my family, and an implant would hinder this, wouldn't it? As it stands, I'm looking to have a lift at the the least my breasts have lost so much due to huge weight loss and numerous pregnancies i can't see how a breast lift would give enough volume sorry for such a big question chantel that's a big question but you know what i'm going to do i'm going to do this all right so that gets me above the question okay so i'm here above the question all right hello hello above the question 
Right. Um, so, um, Chantel, you're not scaremongering. You're absolutely right. You, there is some really bad press on implants about them causing health risks. And is any of it true? Yes, it is true. Um, <coughs> now, first thing I'd say is not breast cancer. So what you've written, you've written here, you've got a lot of breast cancer and an implant would hinder this, wouldn't it? No, an implant wouldn't hinder this. You can still check for lumps. You can still have a mammogram. You still have a scan. You can still have a biopsy if you have implants in. You have to tell him the, the doctors you've got an implant in because you have to change the way they do it. But you can still um, investigate people and find breast cancers and what have you if people have got implants in. The implants go behind the breast. They either go behind the breast or behind the muscle. But either way, there's no implant. There's no breast tissue behind the implant. So finding a breast cancer is not a problem with implants. Having said that, you're absolutely right. There's been a lot in the press recently about a type of cancer associated with implants. Yes, it is true. It's called ALCL. Uh, it's a type of cancer with, associated with implants. And some countries are banned. Tech is to do with tech that we, we don't really know what is what it's due to, but it seems to be due to the texturing of the implant, the fact that they're, a bit, they're roughened, the surface is roughened. It's not breast cancer. That's the first thing to say. It is not breast cancer. Breast cancer is a very bad cancer. And this is not, I mean, you know, I know cancer is cancer, but it's not as bad as breast cancer. It is a curable cancer, but nevertheless, it is a cancer. It's a cancer of the of the capsule of the, of the implant. It's a lymphoma and it is curable. So the prognosis is good, but nevertheless, it's a worry because you think, hold on a minute, I don't want to have cancer having breast implants. Yes, I take your point. And therefore, you might think about not having implants at all, or uh, what some people are doing is moving to smooth implants because well, they haven't got the texturing, because I think the texturing is causing the ALCL. Now, smooth implants do bring them with them their own potential problems in terms of malposition. They, they don't do teardrop ones because they just move freely in the pocket. They um, have got a higher rate of capsular contracture. So there are potential problems with smooth implants, but if you want to mitigate your risk of the ALCL, then you might want to go that way. Now, the risk of ALCL, the risk of dying from ALCL is very, very small, uh, and it's a very, very rare cancer. And so you have to balance it with risks of other things we do in life. But nevertheless, it, you're absolutely right. There's a lot in the media about it. And so that is something to be aware of. Now, when I say avoid implants if you can, I'm not really thinking about ALCL because it's not that common a thing, but you can get problems with implants. You can get rippling, you can get infections, can get capsule contraction in the future and might need to have them changed. So implants are a big deal and you don't want to have implants if you don't have to have implants. So I always say that to everybody. That's why I say if it's really shaped that you don't like, just have a lift. Don't have implants. You know, if your breasts are too big, have a reduction. Don't have it over reduced and then replaced with implants because you can get potential problems with implants. So you said here, I don't um, uh, I've lost so much due to whole weight on numerous. I can't see how a breast will give enough volume. Well, the, the question to ask, Chantel, is are you happy with the bra that you wear, the cup size of your bra that you wear now? Because you'd be about the same size after a lift because you don't take any, you take a bit of skin out. So you do take a little bit of volume out, but not much. So if that breast volume, when it's in a bra, feels okay, then it might be a lift that you're after. If you're wearing a, I don't know, a C bra and you want to wear a E bra or something like that, then then you might be thinking of implants. But if you're wearing a C bra or a D bra or whatever it is, and you're happy wearing that bra, then it could be that we could rearrange that tissue that you've got there, tighten the skin and just do a lift. Forget all these problems that you're going to with implants. Don't have an implant, just have a lift. And then that, that might be an option. Um, so yeah, it is true what they're saying in the media, Chantel, but you have to put it in perspective. 
that is the problem with the media it makes it sound like it's a real health hazard and we're all evil people for putting implants in you know there are risks with everything there are risks of driving cars there's a risk with um i don't know stuff living life so it's just occasion balancing your risks and uh, being aware of the risks and the facts um so julia olivia i was fine babe i don't regret it i just wanted them more rounded and more perky but i am happy to an extent well i haven't got others now well there you go julia was fine uh that is a duplicate uh, comment which is good gets the numbers up shape is okay except when i'm leaning over yeah well that suggests the shape isn't okay that's just there's too much skin there olivia but really probably need to see a surgeon for that one lisa laughing love it thanks lisa uh jan's back in what you got jan what you got for me muscle repair question please i had muscle repair when i had my fdl that's fleur de lis which is the t-shaped one eight months ago people harp on how painful it is for months after i've never really had severe muscle pain at all first few weeks after fdl it hurt but nothing excessive would that be because i was very active with exercise beforehand then back to exercise six weeks post-op with no problems i don't necessarily think so jan it's a bit like when you put breast implants under or over the muscle. I always say to people, breast implants, when you put them under the muscle, are a bit more uncomfortable when you put them than when you put them over the muscle. Because anytime you're messing with a muscle, it hurts to move. Having said that, there is a spectrum of people who have pain. And like with implants, you put them under the muscle, it's generally more painful than people who put it over the muscle. But it overlaps. And sometimes you put it over the muscle in people. And they've got loads of pain and sometimes you put it under the muscle in people and they've got they haven't got much pain at all so i think sometimes you make this big deal i say oh, doing muscle repair is going to be really uncomfortable and some people are like you know what it's not that uncomfortable it's fine and some people are like oh, it's really uncomfortable so it's hard to know what to say to patients because you don't want to over egg it and make them think it's going to be terrible and it turns out to be fine but you don't want to say don't worry it'll be fine and it turns out to be terrible so it is not unusual for people to not have that much pain and that discomfort that much discomfort um, particularly if you had the fact you had a fleur de lis means you probably had a lot of excess skin. So your tissues had been stretched. I don't know, maybe from pregnancies, maybe from weight loss, maybe from both. So your tissues have been stretched, and so actually it maybe not a, didn't hurt as much and wasn't as uncomfortable as it, it perhaps could have been for someone else. Chantelle's laughing. Uh, good on you, Chantelle. Fiona's in the house. Hi, Fiona. Nice to see you. How are you doing? Nice to see you here tonight. It's all kicking off here. I don't know if you've been uh, party to the uh, shenanigans that has been going on in here. Uh, not least you to Olivia, if you don't mind me saying. I have had slash have a breast cyst. Okay, though. Would it be a problem with the breast surgery? No, it wouldn't be, Olivia. That's absolutely fine. You tend not to go into breast tissue. So obviously, if we find a lump, we would biopsy and things. But we don't go looking for lumps. We don't go looking for cysts. If you've got a or had a cyst, we would probably just tend to leave it alone. Uh, particularly sorry this is for a what is this for this is mainly for implants i'm talking about if you are having a reduction or a, a breast lift it we might end up removing it as part of the of the surgery but we wouldn't go looking for it and it's certainly not a problem as long as you know it's a breast cyst and it's okay so if you've got a breast lump we'd say to get it investigated first but if you've had it investigated and you know it's a cyst and nothing to worry about that's absolutely fine Billy Joe Berry, surely not the real name. Good name, though. I had a donut uplift, but thinking I should have had an Agra uplift. Yeah, me too, Billy Joe. I'm not a big fan of the donor uplift, personally. Um, sorry, donor? Did I say donor? I'm not a big fan of the donut. Less scar, like the facelift. Less scarring, 
but not as good a lift in my view. So I think it is it is potentially not quite as good a uh, as good a result personally. But you know it is less scarring. But what can you do? Hindsight, Billy Joe. Hindsight. It's a very precise science. Elaine, it's in plus fifth birthday yesterday. Seriously, fifth birthday, Elaine. Five years. God, God, time flies, Elaine. God, that's depressing now. That's depressed me, Elaine. Is it five years? What have I done in the last five years? Hmm? I don't know. Oh, goodness. Anyway, happy happy first, fifth birthday, Elaine. Lovely, lovely for that to, to be a, a, an event in your diary. Um, Olivia, I've got one breast bigger than the other. With uplift, could they use fat from one to the other to make them even? <coughs> Olivia, if you've got one breast bigger than the other, the easiest thing is to make the big one smaller, I've got to say. It's, uh, it's, the answer to your question is, well, personally, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't make one breast. Uh, you could have fat grafting into the smaller breast. I'd probably harvest it from your tummy rather than harvesting it from your bigger breast. Um, I'd probably just leave the bigger breast alone, do the, do, do an uplift and put a bit of fat into the smaller breast. But it depends on how much the discrepancy is. It's very expensive having fat grafting. The equipment's expensive. It's quite a big deal. I would probably go with just having a lift and certainly the easiest thing is to have a reduction of the smaller one but um we mustn't do what's easiest we must do what's right for you so uh, but yeah i wouldn't tend to be taking the fat out of the big one because it's breast tissue it's not you wouldn't be um you wouldn't be harvesting fat from a breast and injecting it into the other breast you'd harvest it from the tummy or i would anyway Whew. Chantel, thank you for such an honest answer. How do I get a consultation? Chantel, I can't even remember what the question was, but you're very welcome for the answer. I've lost it. Um, if you want a consultation, you can give us a ring or you can uh, direct message me. And uh, usually a Sarah will pick up the message and say something. Um, and you will be welcome to come for consultation. Um, and that will be fine. You can see me. We, I've got a few other surgeons working at the clinic, so you can see one of us. And we'd be very happy to see you, Chantel. Um, Yan, what was the honest answer? I want to know what the honest answer was. What was the question, Chantel? Oh, the implants thing. Yeah, yeah, the scaremongering. Yeah. Um, right. Where? Uh, thank you for your answer, top surgeon. I should just leave that up. Just leave that up there. Let's carry on, guys. Anyone passing Facebook? Yeah, well, it's not me writing it. Someone else, third-party endorsement, can't be that. Ellie's in the house. Long time no see, Ellie. How you doing? I know what you've done the last five years. <laughs> Ellie, you've been watching me. I know what you've done. Um, Help so many other people smile. I'm still grateful and could never thank you. Oh, Ellie, don't. Ellie, stop it. I'm tearing up now. Stop it, Ellie. Stop that this minute. Nice to see you, Ellie. It is lovely to see you. I hope you're not too hot. So what? Right, Olivia, back, thighs. I'm thinking of breasts and thighs for my second surgery. You go for that, Olivia, breasts and thighs. I like your style. That is good. Um, right, right. <coughs> Here's my exciting bit I'm just getting to now, right? Because I've got some photos, guys. Right, here we go. I had a dog ear removed two weeks ago. It's quite a big cut. I'm wondering if I should be wearing a compression garment again as it looks quite big compared to the opposite side right actually I don't really need to show the photos for this do I but I'm going to I'm going to anyway see that that is 
here. Oop. No, other way around. Have you got all my bit at the top? Oh god, you can see all my bits at the top. Oh well. Anyway, mm, right through. Anyway, there's the there's the um there's the dog ear there. That's before. Hold on a minute. Stand by. There's before. Has that changed? No. Right. Has that changed? Show. Is that showing the after? Yeah, that is showing the after, isn't it? There's the after. There's another after. I've got another after. I'll tell you what, this is this is a sort of technology, you know, <coughs> cutting edge. So it is quite a big scar, isn't it? I don't know if you can see that. Um, oops, that's better. That's pretty better. So it is quite a big scar. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Um, so, yes. What was the question? Do I need a compression garment? Right. So the compression garment. The thing about what am I doing now? Am I did that work? That worked. Um, the thing about compression garments is you don't need compression garments just because you're having a big scar. So, with lots of surgery, you do big scars and you don't give compression garments. You do compression garments to help with swelling, to help close dead space. So, when you do something like a tummy tuck, yes, it's a big scar, but there's a lot big long area of undermining, and when you do the undermining then there's space and you want to close down that space. When you do liposuction, there's a lot of swelling. There's a lot of trauma, a lot of swelling. So that's when you use compression garments. Just because you've got a big scar doesn't necessarily mean you're a compression garment. When you take a dog ear out, you don't really undermine much. You just sort of cut it out and stitch it up. So again, this is my uh, view. I've got a disclaimer somewhere. You know, disclaimer. This is my personal view. I don't particularly use compression garments if I'm taking a dog ear off. So uh, because it's there's no dead space if that makes sense there's no undermining you just you make a cut you close it there's no significant dead space so i wouldn't particularly uh use a compression garment for someone who is having a dog ear removed personally so i hope that was worth it. that was good with the um that was good with the photos that's it right olivia's lost it i've lost it fiona seven years fiona no seven years this month i was busy five slash seven years ago since my surgery which was amazing fiona my god is it seven years that's made me even feel that's made, i feel even worse than elaine's now seven years have i been doing it that long have i god dear um olivia yes olivia what are dog ears oh dog ears are bumps at the end of the scar and you get it whenever you cut any scar any tissue out you can get a bump at the end of the scar so um Can you see? I don't think my oh my arrow is probably not working. It's a bump. Can you see her right hip? There's a bit of a bump. So it's a bump at the end of the scar. Uh, it's a terrible term, and it's um, it's just what we call it. And basically, it's it's a pleat. When you when you when you stitch something out, you get a pleat, you get a little bulge at the end of the scar. You can get it with breast reductions. You can get it with tummy tucks. You can get it if you remove a mole. You can get it any time you cut out any sort of skin. It's a little bulge, and it's they're relatively easy to fix. You just 
you just cut them out, but you make the scar longer, as as shown in that case. So um, yeah, it's a it's a risk of when you have any sort of surgery, when you have a tummy tuck, mastopexy, arm reduction, um, facelift, any surgery that moves skin, you're at risk of getting a dog ear. Um, yeah, but it's not too clear. Yeah, no, it's not, is it? No, I agree. It's not. It's not that clear. But anyway, that's what it is. It's a bulge. Bulge. Um, I'll get you another one. So if I can do this while we're on the fly. Um, right. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll get you a picture of a dog here, Olivia, while we're on the fly. And I'm just going to gloss over it um, by asking. Oh, no. Hold on a minute. Chantel. Why are varicose veins a risk for surgery? So, uh, did we have this? this was now, for me, we had this. Did I answer that question? Thinking about it, someone asked this. Um, the problem with varicose veins is potentially you've got large veins, which could then clot. And that is what a DVT is. It's a, it's a clot in a vein. Now, um, when you worry about clots in veins, you're normally worried about the deep veins, not the superficial veins. Varicose veins are superficial veins. So to be honest with you, it's not something that I particularly worry about and it's not something I particularly talk about with patients. But I had a question. I hope I answered it. Was it last week or the week before? There was someone asking about varicose veins. I think they've been told that um, that there was a it was a risk for uh, for surgery. So um, I don't think they are. Yes, last week. Yeah, varicose veins. Did I answer it? What did I say? I can't even remember what I said. But anyway, uh, what I'm saying now is um, I don't particularly look for varicose veins personally. Um, but someone's obviously been told somewhere that it was a risk. And so I don't really want to um, go against that. But uh, so if your doctor's saying, I think that person was saying they need to get the varicose veins fixed first. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't do that personally, but that's the problem with plastic surgery. It's not a, it's not too um, scientific. And I think people have their own views about stuff. And whoever's saying that you do have to, if, if someone is saying you need to have your varicose veins fixed first, they probably got a good reason to say that. Um, right, I just want to show you a photo of a dog ear. So um, if we do this, let's give this a go. Give it a go. Come on, you can do this. Share your screen. Here we go. Right, okay. Can you see that? Sorry, it's a bit, I haven't really, but can you, this is a before and after of a tummy tuck. Can you see that, that bulge? Oh, I've got the wrong question up. Um, what are dog ears? Can you see that little bump at the end of the scar in the after on the left? I don't know if I can make that bigger. Start slideshow. Can you, can you see that? Um, oh, I've lost my screen now. Oh God, I've totally lost control here. Oh, I haven't. Did it start a slideshow? No, it didn't. Anyway, that's a dog ear. Does that show a better dog ear? That's what a dog ear is. Hmm, maybe not. So, um, right, let's bring it back, guys. Bring it back. I know what I'm doing. Right, 
<clears throat> Sissy, hello. I have my under armpit skin removed in December. What will happen and how will it be done? Do I need a compression for it? I don't know, Sissy. God, you're asking me. I don't know. I, um, I don't think am I your. I don't think I'm your surgeon. Am I? I don't think I would know you if I would. I would remember Sissy Kumar. Um, had arm lift done in January 2019. Sissy, you're best talking to your surgeon, right? Uh, they're always going to be best off talking about this stuff. But if you're having your arm under armpit skin, then then you'll have a scar in your under armpit. Sometimes people don't like the bit here in the front. It's called accessory breast tissue. And it goes back to what we're talking about, the bulge over the bra at the front. Usually bulge over the bras around the back, but you can get a bulge over the bra at the front. And it's sort of an extension of the under armpit skin. So if you don't if you don't like that, then the scar can extend out onto the chest and be a bit, bit visible from the front. But if it's just under armpit skin, then I would hope that your scar your scar will be limited to where the skin is. Um, do I need compression for it? I doubt it, sissy. It's hard to get compression under armpits so i doubt it but you're probably best talking to your surgeon on that one because everyone's different as you can probably tell it's not like a it's not like a uh, um, science a lot of this plastic surgery stuff oh olivia can see i hope i don't get that charming it's not that bad olivia um it's not that bad olivia don't worry about it it's just a little bump at the end of the scar and it just means you have to cut it out and you um make the scar a bit longer i mean the patient earlier i showed had a much bigger scar but often you just have to cut a little bit out and just make the scar a little bit longer so um right i was just with kuram i was just in theater with kuram and i've asked him this question because he is the eyelid man uh i don't really do eyelids but um uh he's in theater unfortunately because i said to him i know you want to offered him to join me on this but anyway after eyelid surgery what do you recommend we use to massage it with cream wise um so initially when you have eyelid surgery you usually have like sterile strips little paper tapes so you don't need any cream at all um once that comes off if you're going to use any cream what we well again this depends on your surgeon but what we would do um you normally don't need anything to be honest with you but if you are going to use any cream you can use chloramphenicol which is an eye ointment which is for infected eyes it's an antibiotic ointment which we often use on scars um but and then if you're worried about your scars you can massage them you can use things like silicone but to be honest with you eyelid surgery it gives one of the best scars you can get it's a really good scar when people talk about plastic surgery they say they don't leave scars they're invisible scars if we can choose where we put our scars, we can put them places where they're invisible. The facelift scar is often invisible. The eyelid lift scar is often invisible. If we can choose where to put our scars, we put them where they're hidden. And there's, some, there's natural creases in your eyelid. And so you can't see them often. Lower eyelid scars are sometimes visible if they extend onto the cheek, if you're having more of a cheek lift. But if you're just having an eye lift in your lower eyelid, again, it's right on the lash, hard to see. The problem comes when you're having a mole or something, which is in your forehead. Because they think, oh, plastic surgeons don't leave scars. It's not that we don't leave scars. It's that we hide scars when we can choose where to put them. If you've got a mole in your forehead, we've got to put a scar there. So that might be a bit more obvious. But I think the answer to this is really, because Kuram said, oh, chloramphenicol or silicone. It's really, you don't really need any cream, to be honest, after eyelid surgery, because the scars are pretty good. But if they aren't good, if it's a bit raw, chloramphenicol in the early stages, um, and then later on, if you need the scar to soften and settle, then silicone can help, or just massaging it can help. Um, after breast surgery when is it okay to lie on your side to sleep 
Now, again, this is really something for, I'm going to get it out. I'm going to get my disclaimer out. This is just my opinion. You know, this is just my opinion. So it really speak to your surgeon uh, is, is my answer. Um, but I usually, uh, with breast surgery, either have you taped up if you're having a mastopexy or a reduction, or put you in a supportive bra if you're having a, uh, a breast implants. And I just say you need that support at night. And I think it's okay to sleep on your side straight away, to be honest with you. I think um, a lot of people say, when can I start sleeping on my side? I'm like, I never told you you couldn't. So I don't know if there's someone out there telling people they can't sleep on their side. Um, I think it is good to sleep up, to, to, to sleep up because of gravity and help with the swelling. But it's difficult. And I think it's more important that you get a good night's sleep and you worry too much about, you know, sitting up with too many pillows and things if that's not natural for you. Uh, and the other thing is, if you say to people, don't sleep on your side, you're going to roll in the night anyway, aren't you? I think it'll be uncomfortable to sleep on your front. Even if I said you could sleep on your front, you probably wouldn't be able to because it'll be uncomfortable. But uh, for me, sleeping on your side is fine straight away. Uh, but it's good to wear something supportive, usually a supportive bra. Um, oh, hold on a minute. What's going on here? Uh, Fiona, do many people request to keep their old implants or is it just me? Still have mine in a box. It's just you, Fiona. Yeah, it's just you. No, many people do not request that. And uh, don't start saying that because people will want them now. It is not. Um, and I think particularly, uh, it was a particular thing with the PIPs. People wanted the PIPs um, because we they wanted you, you to have them because of all that controversy with the PIP. But normally, no, people don't ask for the implants. And we tend not to give them, to be honest, Fiona. Back in the day, we did. We tend not to give them. I don't know what happened if someone pushed it now, because I guess it is your uh, is your property. But there's all this stuff with infection control and stuff, and the hospitals don't like giving them out. But uh, yeah, so it is just you, Fiona. Uh, but I'm glad you got them in a box. Yeah, good. Maybe use them as um, stress relievers. Can you write the name of the eye cream? So the eye cream, the ointment, which uh, Chloram Clinical which we use, to be honest, we use this a lot. We use this on wounds. It is actually when when someone has an infected eye, uh, but we use it, it's like a greasy, it's like, um, it's like a sort of Vaseline-y and it's good for um, the wound. So it's good for the early stages. If you've got a wound, it's good moist ointment that you can put on wounds. And we, when we take moles off the skin, off the face, to not to put a dressing on, but just give you some of that ointment, just to put on two or three times a day in the first week, just to help that wound to heal. Um, but it is good. That is the eye ointment. Khan. Angela, evening. Olivia, is it only on prescription? Oh, God, that's a point. Chloramphenicol. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. Sorry, Olivia. I don't know. Um, I don't think so, but I, I really don't know. Um, probably should. I don't. I don't think it is actually Olivia. We don't give us. We just give it to people when they have a mole removed. No, I'm going to say no on that. But I, but I don't know for sure. Check with your pharmacist. Right. When can I drink alcohol? Forty-eight hours prior to surgery until two weeks or what? My plastic surgeon says I'm not to drink for the forty-eight hours prior to surgery and two weeks after. I'm wondering. Sorry, I'm not a big drinker, but wondering why this is. Again, goes back to what your surgeon said to you. And if your surgeon said that, um, that is better, but what you better do. I don't know is the answer. I don't 
particularly talk to people about drinking alcohol. Smoking, different story. Smoking is bad news. And certainly for the two weeks after surgery, you don't want to smoke. Drink alcohol, I haven't got a problem with as long as you don't drink heavily, as long as you don't get dehydrated, as long as you don't turn up to the theatre for surgery when you're drunk. It's happened. Um, so, but, you know, having a glass of wine or, you know, drink 48 hours. I don't know why the surgeon said that, but you, you can dehydrate your alcohol. It's not particularly good for you. Um, so maybe that's why they're saying that because you need to be well hydrated for surgery and you don't want to drink, get drunk and fall over, obviously. <clears throat> but that's obviously one surgeon's regime. So you better do what they say. Olivia, back in. I had something silly after my lower back. So the chloramphenicol. Yeah, it's quite common. Chloramphenicol or mupiracin is another one. Bactroban, little greasy sort of ointment that we put on for wounds when you first have a wound. <clears throat> so flying after surgery. I'm having, oh, we've done that. We've done that. Um, can your breast grow back after they've had a breast reduction? The breasts have grown back now. Warning, ladies, they could go as small as they can. Surely this would only happen with weight gain pregnancy. What do you need to avoid if you don't want this to happen? Yeah, um, people often wonder that worry that breasts are going to grow back after having a breast reduction. It's very rare. There is a condition called gigantomastia, gigantomastia, where they keep growing and you end up having to do mastectomies. This is a very rare condition, so it's you know, don't worry about it because most normal people don't have that. That's like people who look really weird. They look so big. Um, so they they don't grow back after having a reduction. What happens when you have a reduction is, uh, and you're absolutely right, surely this would only happen weight gain and pregnancy. You're absolutely a spot on. Weight gain and pregnancy are the things that are going to make them get bigger. But when you first have a breast reduction, you know, they're all taped up. You lie like that. You taped up and you think, oh my God, they're gone. The natural history of people, when they first have it done, they think they've gone, they disappeared. Oh my God, what have you done to me? They've, you've totally, you know, you've done too much. You've all overdone it. And then when you come back to theatre after a couple of months, uh, come back to clinic after a couple of months, you think, actually, no, they're still there. Once they've settled, then you've got to live with them a bit. So I think natural history is you do always think they've gone completely. And then as they settle, they, they you know, they settle into place and the shape and they're not all strapped up and everything taped up. Um, so they don't grow but they do settle and they do feel a bit more like their size but yeah so there's nothing you can do to avoid this to happen and don't go as small as you can to avoid this just go to the size you want to go to to be honest we can't be that specific or what size you go to anyway we have to have a sort of guide for where you want to be but um yeah they don't grow back after every reduction but in the first six months the size a roller coaster of emotions in terms of the size but once it's settled that should be it as long as you don't put on weight and get pregnant because the two things can make your breasts get bigger so olivia gets the gold star tonight for the um most valuable player well done khan obviously don't want to um khan's fantastic with the questions always so thank you for that um so yeah Vilma says hi hi Vilma good to see you Vilma Santos um you know what I am gonna go and have a cup of tea now because that's the sort of rock and roll lifestyle I lead um and thank you all so much for 100 comments we've had 100 comments Olivia's got the 100th comment look at that how amazing is that um thank you very much everybody thank you olivia and i will be here next week same time same place and i would love to see y'all and uh fantastic i'm i'm 
blown away by the interaction tonight. Unbelievable. Very grateful to you all for being here and uh, hope you all have a pleasant evening and I'll see you next week. So please put your questions in, message me, Facebook me. Um, oh, hold on a minute. Got some more. I'm going to have a ginger and honey. Good. Lovely cup of tea. Thank you. Jan, have to go see you next week. Great live. You'll be here all night. We'll be here all night. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Thank you. I'm happy to be here all night for these questions. That's very good. I'm very grateful for the questions. Keep them coming. And see you next week. I'm going to check out. Bye. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag Ask JJ. We'd love to hear from you.